wonderful Savior. Wonderful, wonderful Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. Clap your hands if you love church this afternoon. Amen. Amen. I am such a blessed man today. I'm thankful for my family and all the good things that God has done. Amen. You have to look at your life and say, man, I've, God's been good to me. God's been so good, and praise God, I'm uh, thankful for my father-in-law coming with me, Brother Jesse Silva. Amen. He told me about days he used to lock himself up in the room with the Word of God, and he'd be banging on the door telling him to come on out, praise God. And, man, that's the type of dedication I want, praise the Lord. I'm, amen. I'm working on it. Amen. And, Pray for me, praise God. I uh, I was we went to Summit Conference in Spokane, and my father-in-law went with me and my mother-in-law, and people were coming up to me said, "Man, they look younger than you." I said, "Peace be still." Everybody says the devil's a liar, but you know we got the we got the devil on 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 record speaking truth sometimes. Better watch out for him. Praise God. Amen. Thankful for the Hood family. I love them dearly. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. You know what I love about them? Amen. Not only are they friends or servants of God, true ministers, but I love the brilliance of their mind. And uh, the innovation and creativity, amen. And I've never walked away from them not having fresh vision, amen. And uh, good to see Brother Bo, amen. Got to call him by his first name because uh, I've got an uncle, amen. He passed away, and that was my Uncle Bo. And so my, my little son's got an Uncle Bo, praise God, amen. Thank you, Lord, amen. I want to tell you, I, I just I got a lot of things going through my mind, and, and I want to get them off my chest, but I'm telling you, and this is no flattery. This is not flattery. This church is on a precipice. That's the only way. I, I felt it so strong. It's almost like it's right there on the edge of something great, and I know God is going to notify all Pentecosts that there is a revival church in Carson City. Nevada. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep on. I'm telling you, keep on. Keep on. It's anointed in this place. I don't. You know, it's just. I went to my wife. I said, "It's, a, it's anointed in this place." I said, "Can you feel that?" She said, "Yes." And uh, man, I want to be a part of where Jesus shows up. A lot of churches in town talking about the Lord is here, but the Lord ain't there. They think he's there. Amen. But we know he's in the house. Going to have visitors and friends and family. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. 
verse 18. What a, what a scripture. Amen. What a scripture. Hallelujah. There is no fear. Somebody say no fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, complete love, cast out fear. Picks it up. It throws it out. It casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Didn't say you're imperfect. It said it's just not. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. In verse 19, he tells us what perfect love is. You ready for this? We love him because he first loved us. On that premise alone, God is saying that you love him and he loves you. And on that premise, there ain't nothing to be afraid about. On the very fact that you love God, it didn't have nothing to do with you being perfect, always correct, always righteous, always upright, impeccable uh, report on your status. It says, no, he loves you. Ready for this? He loves you first. While you were sinning, before you were born, after you were born, yesterday, today, he's going to love you tomorrow. And, he, and get this, you love him. In a day of such anxiety and pressure and fear and alarm and fright and terror, God says, there is no fear where I'm concerned. Amen. I want to preach to you today on this subject title, I have no fears. Can you declare that in the atmosphere right now? Speak it out. Come on, why don't you activate it right now? I have, I have no fears. I have no fears. I have no fears. God, in the name of Jesus, you know every need of your children in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Let the choir of heaven sing, Lord, we have no fear. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Come on, clap your hands, say, I have no fear. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. Amen. I'm thankful that the Lord does not always leave us where he finds us. Uh, when something is not perceived as treasure, you leave it exactly where you found it. How many of us have been driving past a yard sale, garage sale, and you thought for sure something was for you. You get out, you look, 
me and say, no, I'm going to leave it exactly, exactly where it is. But when you find something you need, when you find something you want, when you find something that will fit into your life, you, you're willing to pay the price that they ask for. I want to tell you, Jesus saw you where he found you. He didn't leave you where he found you. Oh, there was a value. There was a worth. There was something about your character, nature, personality that God wanted for himself. And he said, I am willing to pay any price to have you in my house. Somebody clap your hands. Say, thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for my possession. Man, so many times people think that this walk with God is an easy walk. No such thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of us look at this Bible uh, like it's in chronological order and and uh, it's easy to go to the book of Genesis and, and say, man, in the beginning, God saw the disorder and the chaos. Said, let there be light. Man, beautiful story. Rested on the seventh day. And we start getting excited. But the fact of the matter is, the book of Genesis is not the first book ever written. It was the book of Job. Lord, I think God's trying to tell us a little something. Uh, contrary to popular belief, amen, you won't be able to rest on the seventh day until you suffered a little bit. But like Job, we can all say, though God slay me, yet I will trust him. Amen. Though I sit in darkness, I will arrive. I'm telling you something. God said, you might go through some struggles. You might go through some sickness. You might go through some trials. But at the end, everything will be repaid back to you. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. It's a sad story, but it's a good ending. Because Job endured everything. And at the end, he got back double than what he had at the beginning. I want to tell somebody, if you can just endure the fire, God will be able to bring it back again with extra added blessings. Clap your hands and say, I'll wait on the Lord. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Amen. You got some new things coming. Praise God. Amen. We love to flip over to the book of Matthew. See the genealogy. Hallelujah. See King David and, and Rahab and all of these, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all of these great characters that had wonderful divine feats of miraculous provision and power anointing upon their life. But the truth of the matter is, the first book of the New Testament written was the book of James. James starts out his writing. With those that are scattered abroad, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Let me break it down. Count it all joy when a bunch of bad stuff is happening to you. Amen. I'm telling you, if you're going through some problems, uh, amen, don't be down and sad. Uh, he said, count it all joy. Uh, count it all joy. He said, praise God uh, in the middle of it all. Clap your hands and say, I'll praise him. 
Oh, hallelujah. So we, we've got to go through things. But that's all right. God prepared them. He prepared us for anything that comes our way. Praise the Lord. John knows a little bit about fear and love. At the time of this writing, watch this now, he is the last disciple that has survived. He has heard about the unbelieving end of all of the disciples of God. He heard about his brother Peter being crucified, yea, tortured upside down. He heard about that great anointed apostle Paul that suffered, amen, that went through unimaginable terrors for the gospel and how that he was beheaded for the kingdom of God. He heard about it, amen, but he survived it all. He knows a little bit about fear. Some of you know what it's like to feel all by your lonesome, praise God. And John is telling us through his writing, I know a little bit about fear. But I know a little bit about being a survivor. There's some survivors in the house today. Amen. You wouldn't be here if you wasn't a survivor. There were many people that couldn't endure the storm. There were many people that couldn't handle the pressure. But God made you a survivor. Written in about A.D. 85, A.D. 90, he... Uh, beginning to write about fear. I'm the last one, but watch him now. He knows about love. He's got a revelation and a clear understanding about love, about the love of God. Watch him now. Four times in his writings, John 19, verse 26, John 20, verse 2, John 21, verse 7, John chapter 21, verse 20. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't look at himself or refer to himself as John the disciple. He doesn't refer to himself as one of the apostles. He doesn't refer to himself as a loser or a bum or somebody that can't get it right. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. revelation. I think John got a revelation that you may call me an idiot. You may call me a dunce. You may not believe in me. But when I look at myself, I see the disciple that Jesus loves. Come on, come on, somebody. Come on, how do you see yourself? Come on, you're not a backslider. You're not a failure. Amen. You, you, you're, you are the disciple. What a revelation. Four different times in Scripture. You might say, man, that's one arrogant, pompous. No, he got a revelation. I am the disciple that Jesus loves. I may not be perfect. There were times he wanted to call fire and thunder on unbelievers. He wasn't perfect, but he said, I'm still a disciple that Jesus loves. You ought to throw your hands up and say, he loves me. Come on, he loves me. Though I may fall. My God, help us. The devil, the devil, that old devil. 
if he can convince you beyond anything else, beyond false doctrine, if he can convince you that the love of God, amen, is not as strong and as pure, amen, as you think it is, he's got you with fear. This is why he says, I'm the father. Because perfect love cast out all fear. What does my son have to worry about when I'm in charge? What has he got to worry about? Amen. When he's got a father. Amen. He ain't got to worry about danger because I'm going to protect him. He ain't got to worry about food because I'm going to feed him. Bless God. He ain't got to worry about life because I'm trying to provide for him. I'm telling you, you've got a father that loves you. Here's the danger. Hear, hear me. Because if you can't see the love of God correctly, you can't give what you don't have. You can't disperse it. If you ain't got a hundred, you can't give a hundred. And if you don't have the correct, proper vision and perception about the love of God, you can't love perfectly. And it, it, it's not that we hate people. It's not that we have a hard time with people. It's the very fact that we don't have a full revelation about the love of God. And so we can't love like we really want. You know what I'm talking about. You've daydreamed about, man, I wish I could love like that. It only takes for you to get the complete, complete revelation. Perfect love. What's perfect love? Hey, I love him, and he loves me. Not rocket science. Thank God it's not calculus because I would have cheated somehow. Thank God it's not quantum physics. Amen. It's just a simple form of love. He loves me. I love him. Nothing to worry about. Come on. He loves me. I love him. Nothing to be afraid about. telling the truth? 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear. It, I'm talking about fear of anything. Phobos, alarm, fright, terror, being afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what's you afraid for? God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. This is what we call reverse revelation. He gives you that sound mind. That means he's given you self-control. When you really dig down deep, you have the power to control this right here. Because he's given you power through the power of the Holy Ghost. I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and on scorpions. Once I got my powerful, now I've got my, my strong mind, my sound mind. Now I can understand his love. Once I understand his love, now I can walk in true power. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. Praise God. One man walked into a, to a librarian. He was looking for some books. He was looking around and found the librarian at the desk. He said, excuse me, ma'am. He said, I'm looking on some books and some reference books on, on paranoia. And she looked at him and said, they're behind you. <laughs> Tell you something. You, you, you've got to learn how to walk 
how Jesus has designed us to walk in order for some things to work. The very fact is God can't take us to some dimensions because there will be no fear in that place. Why? Because fear, ready for this, fear has torment. And there's no reason for God to put you at a place of blessing if the devil's going to come and torment you and afflict you. He said, I'm kind, I want to give you blessings for you to enjoy, not for you to be paranoid and, and to be afraid at night and to be troubled at night. You ought to get the revelation of God and say, I'm going to enjoy the blessings of God. Oh, hallelujah. Uh -uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. That ought to be your attitude. Praise God. I'm telling you something, man. You know that, that word right there, it, it, it has torment. It means it will punish you by a penal code. It will punish you by a law. You know what that law is? Fear. Amen. Punishes you by the laws of nature. Because we look through logic. And logic says, you know, if you step out, the law of nature says you will have to pay a price. It's just like looking out of a window, three-story window. If you jump out that window, the law of gravity says you got to pay a price. It's called pain. Praise God. Laws of nature are no different. Some people can't get out of the aisle and start shouting and dancing. Why? Laws of nature says they're going to laugh at you. Some people can't give more because the moment you step out and try to give more, law of nature says you're going to be struggling next week. You see, fear fights against your faith. And God said, listen, as long as I love you, I got you. There's no reason to be afraid. Step out, dance and shout. Step out and give more. Come on, step out. Oh, hallelujah. See, Mary, oh, beautiful Mary. See, she, she, see faith comes and it starts to break laws. Amen. Faith and fear are enemies of one another. And faith steps out and starts to break laws. That's how you know it's faith. It starts to go against the grain. Praise God. It starts to go against logic because wrapped up in logic, hear me, wrapped up in logic is a beautiful cluster, if you will, called fear. Man, and it's all around us. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are full of anxiety and fright and terror. Amen. Can't go to sleep at night. Got to pop one, two, or three of these just to have ease of mind. I've come to tell you that God's will for you is to be at peace through the power of his love. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. See, see. See, Mary got a revelation about love. John chapter 20, verse 15. She's looking for the body of Jesus. All the disciples have left now. But when you love Jesus and you got a revelation of his love, you, stay, you stick around. Praise God. They left because they didn't get it. At that point, John the disciple didn't even get it. And he left. Amen. Mary's there. She sees Jesus, but she can't recognize it's him. She didn't think he showed up. 
You know, I can really preach right there, and you think Jesus ain't nowhere to be found, but he's right there, praise God. He's blending in with everything else. And, and, and he's the gardener. She supposes him to be the gardener. She says, sir, if you will just tell me where you laid him at, I will take him away. Now, there's a few problems with this. Because it was the celebration of the Passover, according to Numbers chapter 19, verse 11, and verse 13. If she was to touch a dead body of a dead man, she was declared as unclean for seven days. And she would be known as defiling the tabernacle. You ready for this? But she was willing to break laws because of love. See, some of you got to break your own laws. You built laws up saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wealthy enough. You ought to break those laws and says, God loves me. Come on, God loves me. Amen. I don't have to fear the fact that I'm not smart enough. God's love is upon my life. I'm trying to help. So you've got to look towards his love, friend. It's unconditional. Amen. Furthermore, if she would have been separated from the tabernacle, she couldn't be around friends and family. But you ready for this? She was willing to break those laws too. See, true love will make you separate. Oh, come on. See, true love, will have, you got to separate for some people that's not really in love with Christ. Uh, amen. I'm in love with him. Uh, this is where I find my peace. Uh, this is where I find my sanity. Love breaks laws. See, because fear would torment you by the law. Love steps in and starts breaking them. Amen. You ready for this? You tell me how one woman can carry a dead man. Mark chapter 2, verse 3, it took four men to carry the lame man. She said, but you know, I'm willing to try it. See, love, love, you got to break those laws. Because if she would have looked at logic, she would have been looking at the ceremonial laws. She would have been looking at the laws of sociability. She would have been looking at physical laws. But she said, oh, no, I'm in love with him, and he's in love with me. And something's got to break. I want to tell you, God wants to break the laws in your mind. And you've got to get a revelation about the love of God. How could you love me? David said, what is man? that thou art mindful of him. Brother, if you knew how much God loves you, 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 condemnation wouldn't fight you every day. You know how many Christians suffer condemnation? The percentages are staggering. Why? Because we are convinced, somebody has convinced us that we must be perfect before a perfect God. Show me where we ever become perfect on this earth. It's impossible. You ought to pick that lie up, throw it in the trash, and say, I'm not perfect, but he's perfect, and I'm going to keep endeavoring to get better. Fear, fear, brother, fear. Fear hath torment. Fear hath torment. It will torment you. It will inflict punishment upon you. This is why David says, Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death. He said, yeah, you know, I may go through some valleys. I might go through some dark times. But he said, one thing I won't do is I won't fear any evil. He said, I might go through a lot of things. I might think a lot of thoughts. But one thing that I've settled in my mind is that I will fear no evil. 
You know, the, the word evil there is, is, is not as shallow as you think. It's a deep word because what he was saying was, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no sorrow. I will fear no misery. I will fear no pain, problems. I will fear no afflictions. Oh, come on, somebody. I will fear no type of wrong. I won't fear harm or hurts. He's saying, I won't fear anything. You ought to wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of being afraid. I'm not afraid of going forward. I'm not afraid of being blessed. I'm not afraid of walking forward. Why? Because his love is with me. Clap your hands unto the Lord and I'm almost done. God is banging on the doors of the church for my people to think like me. Because if we're not careful, we'll just, we'll say, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Afraid and worried. Fearful. What if God does? What if God doesn't? No. Isaiah 12, 2, watch him now. He said, behold, God is my salvation. This is the prophet Isaiah. He says, God is my salvation. Watch what he says. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Brother, I'm telling you, the spirit of fear is banging on the doors of the church. Anxiety, stress, worry, worry, worry. It ain't in your power. Jesus said, you can't change one color of the hairs of your head. You can't add one inch to your statue. Don't you worry about things that you can't control. If we knew how much control he was in, you would let go of the reins and you would let God and you would walk in your rest. You would walk in the peace that God has destined for you. Amen. You would walk in that promised land that God has destined. I want to walk in that land. I can't, I can't control as much as I think I can. He said, don't even worry about tomorrow because there's enough problems in tomorrow. He said, God is my salvation. Amen. I, I like that because I want the Lord to be my salvation. I want to trust and not be afraid. Isaiah, Isaiah, watch him now. Isaiah 51, 12. You got to see this. You've got to watch. I want to think how God has destined me to think. This is how you walk according to the Spirit. you got to think like he thinks. And Isaiah is saying, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to wake up and say, God is my salvation. I will trust and I won't be afraid about anything. I'm going against some logic right now because it's ingrained in us to worry and to fret because it's in the news, it's in the media, it's in sales, it's in Hollywood. Fear, fear, fear. And God is saying, peace, 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 be still. Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. He's talking to us. He says, I, even I am he that comforts you. And then you know what he says, Sister Johnson? He says, who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die? You see how God thinks? First he says, who are you? Stop. You need to know who you are. 
Because if you feel like you're some failure, some pauper, somebody that doesn't deserve grace or love, that's how you're going to approach God. And God says, that's the wrong way. It was my pleasure to give you the kingdom. I feel it breaking just a little bit now. Somebody's getting a revelation now. Because it's not in your good or your evil, friend. It's in a good God that defeated evil for you, that gave you grace, that gave you his spirit, that gave you. He said, who are you? That you should be afraid of him, of a man that's going to die. Fear of man is a snare. He ain't got to be afraid of nobody talking about respecting the people that need respect honor to whom honor is due but I'm talking about being afraid of people you ain't got to walk nowhere afraid amen I tell these little kids you ain't got to be afraid of no spirits you know Jesus looked at his disciples and said don't fear those that can kill you he said you better fear the one that can kill you and you know the rest praise God there's only one that I fear praise God that's the beginning of knowledge. Let me tell you something. God is banging on the head of the church and saying, you go forward. You're my child. You don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid of your failures. Don't be afraid of your past. Come on, quit looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah, you might have messed up. Amen, but I'm going to walk with you. Come on. Amen, there's no fear in love. Amen, he, come on, I've got perfect love. Stand to your feet, come on. Amen, I've got perfect love on my life. Amen, I've got a God that loves me. I've got a God that believes in me. Come on, come on, the disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Clap your hands unto the Lord and let's love him right now. Come on all through the house. Somebody say he loves me right now. Come on all through the house. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Man, you, you got to watch God because there's times where he has no room for fear. The disciples are, are going through a storm. Mark chapter 4. You ready for this? This is going to blow your mind like it did me. The disciples are going through a storm, brother. The boat's being rocked to and fro. Waves are being pumped into the, into the ship. It's rocking to and fro. There's danger all around. Amen. There's fear on every side. You ready for this? And Jesus is asleep on the boat trying to help somebody. Because you, you got you to watch how he operates. Because frustration comes because we don't know how he operates. You read the book of Hebrews. He said they had the hardness of heart because they didn't know my ways. They didn't know my means and my instruments and the way I do things. And there's a lot of people in church upset and irritated at God because you don't know the way he operates. He says, listen, listen, listen. In the middle of the storm, they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, do you care that we perish? He rebukes the storm. He calls peace down upon the seas. There's a, a blissful wind of blessing that's blowing over them a calm wind and he looks at his disciples you ready for this and he says where is your faith 
Why are you fearful? He says, how is it that you have zero faith? You know what fear does? It begins to consume your faith. Here's the, here's the mystery. They're in the middle of a storm. They approach Jesus for assistance, aid, and help. Ready for this? He answers their prayer. But it's all done with zero faith. Because the fact of the matter is, this is revelation. Sometimes God will answer your prayers on your fears. This, but it's not the will of God. He wants to answer your prayers on your faith and his love. And there's people getting prayers answered because they're so worried. And God says, I don't want my child to worry. But he says, how is it that you are so full of fear but zero of faith? Revelation. You know what it means? You've got to see how you approach him. God, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming because I'm afraid. I'm not coming because, God, you hold the universe in your hands. You are the, you are the master of the ages. God, you are the God of all knowledge. You know all things, past, present, and future. But I'm telling you something. God wants you to approach him on the very fact. You ready for this? That you love him and he loves you. And that's why Paul said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. He said, come boldly. You know what the, the word, the Greek word means? Outspoken. That means you just bust right on in. Esther had to wait for a scepter. She hadn't talked to her king in 90 days because she had to wait for a scepter to enter into his presence. But Paul says, you can come in boldly. Watch, watch, watch. Matthew 14, verse 27. Here they are in another storm. Middle of the night. This time Jesus ain't even on the boat. Anybody ever been there? Here comes Jesus walking on the water in the middle of the night. Man, you're in the middle of the storm. You're in midnight. You know, like that old song says, the freaks come out at night. Weirdos come out at night. Weird stuff happens at night. And you know who comes walking in the middle of the night? Jesus. He's teaching us how you ought to be. Here's the proper attitude. He says, be of good courage. It is I. Be not afraid. He says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You can tell a lot about a person's emotions. Because when you're afraid, it's hard to smile. It's hard to laugh. When you're worried about something, you're biting your nails. You're tripping over everything. Some of you can't even go to sleep without a night. Uh -oh. Without a nightlight. My God, you got two handguns in the kitchen. You got one shotgun in the closet. You got, got a security system. Got vibing. Got cameras. Man, ain't nobody, don't nobody want to come and try to get you. Praise God too much work. Praise the Lord. They're like, oh, no, I'm going down to 215. Man, I can't handle this. <laughs> Tell you something. You know, God spoke to me about this church. He said, son, be of good cheer. He says, fear not. 
nor be dismayed. He's talking to the church. Because the devil and the world is saying, you need to be afraid. You just be afraid. Be afraid about what? Afraid, fear, fear. You know, this world's taking care of itself for a long time. My God, you got people afraid about straws, man. That's the spirit of fear. There ain't nothing humans is going to do to make this. This planet was living before them, and it'll be living after us. It's, it's just fear. It's fear. Fear, trepidation, torment. Some of you today, you're going to get in your car, and you're going to start worrying about tomorrow. You're going to start you know, in the intense. God is saying, perfect love cast out fear. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done worrying. I'm done worrying. I'm not God. Amen. I'm not God. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. I mean, people trying to interpret the book of Revelation. Brother, I don't even know what's happening 20 minutes from now. How am I, I going to tell you what happens when, when the Antichrist shows up? I, I don't know. Fear. Worry. The unknown. You know what the Bible says? Psalm 28.5, I think it is. They that seek the Lord. Proverbs 25. They that seek the Lord. Ready for this? Understand all things. Because that's all that matters. When you seek him, I'm just, I'm holding his hand. Anybody want to seek him right now? I don't know what you need today. I don't know what you need, but I know God has got everything that you need right now. Amen. Now is the time to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I'm thankful for a God that says you don't have to be afraid. Come on, you don't have to be fearful. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Come on, come on. Anybody want to come and seek his face? Amen. You know what God has got for you up here? He's got peace for you up here. In the mighty name of Jesus, why don't you come and find a place at the front? Amen. And say, Lord, I have no fears today. I have no phobias today. Amen. I'm letting it go. I'm letting go of the alarm and the fright and all the fear and all the trepidation. Amen. I'm walking out of here with the love of God. I'm walking out of here with the fear of God. Amen. But I'm not walking out of here with the fear of the unknown. Amen. I'm walking out of here with the favor of the Lord upon my life. Come on. Why don't you stretch forth your hands towards the heavens? Why don't you lift up that audible voice unto the Lord and let those prayers begin to roll out like fresh waters and let them bless the ears of the Lord right now as they begin to sing. I want those pressures. I want those fears beginning to roll off of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Fear not. Come on. Don't you fear it. Come on. There's a God bigger than us. There's a God that's bigger than us. Come on. Listen to the lyrics. Come on, he's walking with us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I shall not be afraid. Come on, he's walking before you. Hallelujah. Come on, if you need a blessing, why don't you walk up to the front today? 
Amen. Don't you be afraid. This is all in the Bible. Come on, this is all God right now. Come on, the fearful and the unbelieving. Amen. There's a fearful, there's an unbelieving. But I'm walking forward in the name of Jesus.
flesh. Come on, I'm praying by faith. And I'm praying by the love of God. I'm walking by faith. I'm walking by the love. I was just reminded of something. I, I may have told this here, but I know I'm sure everybody hasn't heard it. Amen. When my son was born, amen, he had some complications in the hospital room. He nearly, nearly died in the NICU for several days. And right before he was born, we, we felt something walk into the room that we had never quite felt before. As soon as it walked into the room, it was, a, it was something from another world. It was a, a demonic spirit. And uh, like the Bible talks about, and as soon as it walked in, I looked at my wife. She was getting ready to uh, deliver. And I said, did you feel that? She said, yes, I felt that. And from that moment on, for the next three months or so, we had the struggle of our lives. She would have manifestations of a dead baby and dead cartilage, even after he was born, even after the NICU, she would wake up some nights and have dreams of a dead baby. And the spirit of the spirit was so aggressive, it would wake her up. And physically, she would be patient in the middle of the night praying. It was affecting her heart. It was affecting a lot of things. We couldn't get sleep. And, and I'll never forget, and I don't have time to tell you all the story, but I remember after several months, Brother Mark, that I, uh, one night, I began, we had a blowout service at my home church. I went to sleep, amen, and in the middle of the night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I woke wide awake. I, I looked at my bed, and there stood a spirit by my bed. And immediately, he, tried to, he started in, interrogating me. Where's God at? What's you going to do? Fear. And, uh. And I started to answer him because I was afraid, I was intimidated. And right when I was about to answer him, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Jesus Christ spoke to me and said, he doesn't ask the questions. You ask the questions because I've given you authority. And my first, my first, uh, my first disposition was to be fearful. This is a demonic spirit we're talking about. And all of a sudden, a boldness got a hold of me. And I, I, I looked at that spirit. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, tell me who you are. And he looked at me and said, I am the spirit of fear. I never had nothing like this happen before. This was all revelation to me. But God was showing me something. And I asked him, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, tell me where you are from. And this blew my mind. And you may believe in this. You may not have to believe in it. Amen. It's in the Bible. 
It's like one preacher read, he read Genesis 1-1, and he closed the book and said, well, if you don't believe that, you might as well just close the rest of it because it gets a lot worse. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, tell me where you are from. And he said, I am from the deepest part of hell. You, real, you realize how demonic fear is? The torment. It's a, it's a stronghold. It's a, it's a stronghold. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a principality. Fear. Fear. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, tell me what your weakness is. And he said, my weakness is exceeding faith. You know what exceeding faith is? It's right here. You know what you got to do at the end of all of your thoughts? You got to say, yeah, but what did God say? There it is, right? What did God say? And I said, well, very calmly I looked at him. I said, well, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come in the name of Jesus Christ with exceeding faith. And I'm coming from the deepest part of heaven. And I'm not trying to sound all spiritual because my wife knows I'm not. Praise God. But when I said that, he started to leap as if he was about to fight, but then he just stopped and he shook his head and he walked out. Let me tell you something, because when you settle this right here, the Bible says the devil left it for a season. Because, ooh, God, that's a whole nother message. Give me some time, I might preach it one day. The devil will leave you for a season if you walk in this right here. Amen. Come and help somebody. Aren't you glad that he loves you? Unconditional love. I'm treading on places where apostolics fear to tread on because we, brother, it ain't in us. Your righteousness is filthy rags. Man at his best state is altogether vanity. You got to come with him. He loves me. I love him. Amen. Lift up your hands. Accept it right now. Just accept that fact right now. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. You say, man, it's been a while since I spoke in tongues. It's been a while since I had that Pentecostal experience. It's been a while since rivers of living waters have flown out of my soul and out of my mouth. And Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, just like the day of Pentecost, it's going to be a language you never spoke before. Come on, as they begin to sing, I want you to, I want you to lift them up right now. Come on, exceeding faith, exceeding love. Woo, come on, in the name of Jesus, I love you, Jesus.